Chapter 9 of Billy Whiskers, The Autobiography of a Goat. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Alan Lord. Billy Whiskers, The Autobiography of a Goat by Francis Trago Montgomery. Billy and Nanny are married. After leaving the boys, the two goats trotted on and soon came out on the other side of the wood and saw before them a beautiful valley. Grazing peacefully beside a little brook that ran through it, they saw a herd of goats, and at the upper end of the valley beyond them they saw a large, old-fashioned farmhouse with its stables and outhouses. Nan, let us go down and introduce ourselves to the head goat of the flock and see if they won't let us stay with them for a while. There are so many of them that the farmer won't notice us among them when he drives them into the stable tonight, and it will be a good place for us to stay until Mike stops hunting for us, for I know he won't give us up in a hurry and is probably looking for us now, and I don't propose to live with such a common family as Mike belongs to, for until now I've only lived with first-class families. Nanny agreed to join the goats, so the two trotted down the hill, bleating as they ran, to attract the attention of the other goats. The goats soon heard them, stopped eating and looked up, and when Billy and Nanny were within speaking distance, the leader of the goats, a large black fellow, walked out to meet them. Billy introduced himself and then Nanny to the old goat, who in return told them his name was Satan, and that he would be glad to have them join his flock, adding that he was always glad to get ahead of boys, as he had received some rough usage at their hands when younger. If we see Mike coming after you, we will all form in a circle around you and Miss Nanny, so we can't see you. All that day, Billy and Nanny stayed with other goats, who never tired of hearing the newcomers tell of the adventures they had had, some of which seemed impossible to those country goats who had never been off their own farm. That evening, when the farmer drove the goats home, he did not notice Billy and Nan until he had got them into the little enclosure where he always drove them to be fed. But when he stood by the fence with his arm on the upper rail counting them, his eye detected Billy immediately, as he was so much taller than any of the other goats, even old Satan, the leader. Oh, oh, he thought to himself, where did this fine goat come from, I wonder? And when he went to drive Billy apart to get a good look at him, he spied Nanny, who was trying to hide behind Billy. So, my fine goat, you brought your mate with you, and Billy who was not afraid of any man or thing, bleated back that he had, though I doubt whether the man understood him or not. The man walked round and round Billy, taking in all his fine points and talking to himself all the time. But when he saw the gilt shining on Billy's horns, he stopped and stared in astonishment. Then he slapped his knee with his hand and said, Well, I swan! I bet that goat has run away from the circus that is in town, for I don't know how else he got his horns gilded. 
Everything went smooth as silk for three nights, but on the fourth, had you been looking, you would have seen an unusual commotion among the goats when they were turned loose after milking time to graze in the meadow during the night, as they were allowed to do when the weather was fine. And tonight was an ideal night with a low hungry moon that lit up everything as bright as day. I know you are anxious to hear what the commotion was all about, so I will tell you. Billy and Nanny were to be married by the old parson goat of the flock, and then they were all going to break through the neighbour's fence into his turnip patch and eat up all his turnips. It is needless to say that this scheme originated in Billy's head, though from Satan's name you would have imagined it more likely to have come from him. But in reality, that goat was as meek as a lamb, and Satan should have been Billy's name by rights, for in his heart he was as mischievous as Satan. The wedding went off beautifully, and the groom, minister, and all the others kissed the bride, and you never saw a sweeter one than poor little meek Nanny, with her gentle ways. And to think she was going to marry a goat twice her size and as fiery-tempered as she was mild. But people frequently marry their opposites, and why should not goats? After the wedding, they all ran skipping and jumping over to the turnip patch, and when they got there, Billy, Satan, and two other old goats threw their weight against the fence, and with a crash it caved in, and the whole flock of goats climbed over the broken rails into the field, where they feasted until daylight. The farmer who owned the field happened to look out of his window next morning while dressing and saw the goats. He hurried into his boots and hatless and coatless started out of the house calling to his dogs to follow him. And the first thing the flock knew, several dogs were barking and biting at their heels. Billy kept close to Nan and when a dog came up to them he hooked him howling up into the air. Soon the goats were all on their side of the fence again, and the neighbour was fixing up his fence as best he could, scolding all the time he did so, saying, I'll sue Farmer Windless for the damage his pesky goats have done, so I will, for the hateful things have eaten up all my turnips, tops and all. Several days after this, when the goats were all in the meadow, and Nanny was lying down under a tree for a nap, Billy, who was tired of the monotony of going day after day to the same place, stole off and went up to the house to see what amusement he could find. When nearly there, he came to a whitewashed rail fence that separated the pasture from the lane that led to the house. This he went over easily by taking it at a running jump. Then he followed the lane until he came to the house, the yard of which was separated from the lane by a picket fence. But as good luck would have it, the gate was open. So Billy walked in and went around to the kitchen door, for he heard voices in the parlour, which is an unusual thing in the country, as they generally entertain their company in the sitting room. Immediately, Billy knew they must have company for dinner. I'm lucky, thought Billy. 
I've come just in time to get something good to eat. But I must be careful and not let them see me, or they will drive me back to the pasture. I will walk on the grass so my hooves won't make any noise and listen under the window. And when the cook leaves the kitchen, I will go in and steal something good. While standing under the window, with his head cocked to one side listening, he noticed that the outside cellar doors were open. He started to go down the cellar and see what he could find, for he knew they would put all their good things in the cellar until time to bring them up to the table. Tiptoeing his way along, he sneaked down the cellar stairs, and there before him, on a table, were twelve plates of salad, all garnished and ready to be served. The salad was delicious, as it was cool and crisp, and made of chicken served on young lettuce leaves, garnished with radishes. It was so palatable, he ate it all up, even licking the plates. He'd never been told it was bad manners to lick your plate. Then he saw a floating island pudding, with the whites of eggs heaped up high and dotted with candied cherries floating on the custard underneath. He ate part of this, getting his head covered with eggs. Next, he spied several cakes covered with icing, which he licked off. Next, he saw an ice cream freezer. Now, he had never seen an ice cream freezer before, so he thought it must contain something good, if he could only get the top off to see what was inside. In trying to get it off, he upset the whole thing, and as the ice rattled out on the floor, making a terrible noise, he left everything and ran for the cellar door, just in time to escape the cook, who had heard the noise and had come down the inside stairs to see what was the matter. Billy ran around the house, and seeing the front door open and no one around, as they were all in the dining room, he went in and upstairs. Here he nosed around, smelling things and upsetting things generally, when he came to the bed where the ladies had laid their wraps. On one of the hats he saw a bunch of green leaves. Of course, he thought them real until he tried to eat them and the wire stems were in his mouth. Then he tried to eat a beautiful red rose on another hat with no better success. So he left them and was just leaving the room when he saw another goat coming in. He stopped to look at the goat and the other goat stopped to look back. Then he lowered his horns and shook his head which the other goat did also. Now it made Billy mad to have a goat mock everything he did, so he bleated for him to stop immediately or he would hook him down the front stair. The other goat opened his mouth to bleat, but no sound came from it, and Billy stared at the newcomer harder than ever, but the stranger goat only stared back. Then Billy bleated, You get out of here! in double quick time, or I will have a fight with you. The goat opened its mouth as before, but no sound came from it, and it continued to stand in Billy's way and stare right in his face. This was too much for Billy. He had given him warning to get out of the way, and he would not. So now 
he was going to make him, and he went for the goat, intending to butt him out of the door. But instead of his head feeling the soft side of the goat, he hit something hard, which broke in a thousand pieces, cutting his head and making the blood flow down his face. When this happened, Billy knew he'd been fooled and had butted his own image in a mirror and that there had been no goat there. The crash brought the ladies from the dining room, headed by Mrs. Windlass. But when they got to the foot of the stairs to come up, they saw a large white goat standing at the top with blood flowing down his whiskers. The sight of the blood, as much as the goat, made one lady faint, and all the others ran in different directions, while Billy scampered down and out of the house. He was making for the pasture again as fast as he could, when he met a big turkey cock, which spread his tail and swelled himself out, intending to keep Billy from passing. But when Billy came up to him, he quietly hooked him on top of the shed, where he left him with all the pride knocked out of him and his feathers drooping. Billy kept right on and was soon in the pasture. When Nanny saw her Billy all bloody, she commenced to cry and wanted to know who had shot him. Billy told her he had not been shot and that he had only cut his head a little on a piece of broken glass. This explanation satisfied Nanny and she asked no questions. Naturally, Billy did not explain how he had hooked his own image. Billy walked over to the little stream that flowed through the pasture and let the water run over his head and face and soon all trace of blood was washed away. And when the farmer looked them over that night to find the goat with the bloody face that his wife had told him had done all the mischief, he could find none. So he took it for granted that some stray goat had come in and done all the damage. And once again, Billy got off without being punished for his misdeeds. End of chapter 9